0: This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Amen. 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 That's, that's how we do it. That is how we do it. Because we serve an awesome God. And if, we, we're going to reveal it, but if you remember I said last week, if you when you submit to God, He and you obey Him, He then gives you the grace or the power to do what you need to do to continue submitting and resist the devil. So guess what? It's, it's you. Well, God initiates it because He gives you what you need to believe to submit, and then you take one step, and He says, "Look here, I'm gonna give you the power to continue." So when we when we say these things, God God is God is like, "Let's do it, let's go," and He's like, "Well, what you gonna do?" And we're like, "Oh God, let's go." We tired, you're acting like I act in the morning. That's not that's not who we are. That's not who we are. So we're gonna continue um, with this teaching that I started last week. And actually, this is a, a teaching we've been teaching on authority for for months now. So um, my section of this I started last week, and we're talking about placing myself under and staying under authority. So placing myself under and staying under authority. And I wanted to make sure that everybody realized when I say this, placing myself, this is something that I have to do. Nobody else can do this for you. Nobody else can make this decision for you. Nobody can carry it out. It is your responsibility. Like It is my responsibility to place myself under authority and stay under authority. So in the teaching, um, I said the intent of this teaching is to show you how to place yourself under authority and stay under authority. You know, it's not good enough to get under authority and then be like, well, I'm just going to go over here. No, you have to stay under authority. It is a position that we should always be in. We should always be under authority. Um, Then I said there are three objectives that we're going to look at. We're going to look at the basics of placing yourself under authority and staying under authority. And we talked about that last week. And uh, submission to God. And then the third thing was the lifestyle needed to place yourself under authority and stay under authority. And I said that we would call that the do's and don'ts of placing yourself under authority and staying under authority. Um, we went over to Psalms uh, chapter 62. Let's go ahead and go over to that that scripture. And, and we've been reading this quite a bit in this teaching. And I hope you've been studying that and looking at it. Things that are repeated a lot. Mean something. So just if, if you if just a little study tip for you. If you repeat it a lot, look it up. Figure it out. You know, well we'll give you some information, but but you meditated on it. If everybody that's been teaching has brought up that scripture, that, that scripture hadn't not that all, all scripture had something, but this you need to focus on this. So here we go. Um, Psalms chapter sixty two verse eleven. It said God has spoken once. Twice have I heard this that power belongeth unto God. So that God is the authority. He has the right. That means he's in the position or he has the privilege. And he has the might. That means he has the power to carry it out or enforce it. So we looked and we saw in Genesis 1 and we saw that God spoke and chaos was restored. And that order was maintained, still maintained right now. God's word is enough To place me in the orderly arrangement and keep me in that orderly arrangement. So God speaks and it's done. So he's given us everything we need to get under authority and stay under authority. The thing that we have to remember that authority benefits us. God's not in danger of not being God because you rebel or you get out from under authority or you never get under authority. That doesn't change who God is. It doesn't change his plan. The thing about it is, it hinders you. It hurts you. So, it doesn't, it matters to you if you are disobedient or you're in rebellion. You're not hurting the ultimate authority, and you're not hurting the delegated authority. You're just hurting yourself. So when you place yourself under authority, you stay under authority, those are choices. Like I said earlier, you have to choose for yourself. Nobody can choose for you. We can give you information, people can show you, they can tell you all about it, and when it comes down to it, you make the choice, and you continue to make the choice. So each individual chooses to get under authority and continues to make choices to stay under authority for the rest of their life. So it's not a one-time deal. You know, it's like I'm I'm under authority today, and next week I'm going to not be under authority. I'm just not going to do it then. And then I'm going to jump back in. No, we're not in and out. And we said to place yourself under authority, first of all, you must wholeheartedly believe that God is the ultimate authority. That means that he is the ultimate authority over my life. So, I have to wholeheartedly believe that God is the ultimate authority. Now, that statement to me is is general. But this next statement is very specific. That means that He is the ultimate authority over my life. When it comes to me, when it comes to what I do, He has the final say. He has the right and He has the might over my life. So then I recognize that my response to God, because He is the ultimate authority over my life, is full submission and obedience. That's my response to Him. Then I choose to submit and act out of full submission, yielding my will to His will, and accepting His purpose and plan for my life by fully obeying Him. So that's what I do. That's what I do to get under authority. And then to stay under authority... I must always remember that God is the ultimate authority. The ultimate authority does not change, so I have to change. God is not going to change, so when I come up and I see that I'm not in line with God, I am not going to jump out and try to be my own authority. I'm going to get under authority and change because He's the ultimate authority. And then I have to accept and become one with the knowledge that submission to God is an ongoing process, that I never stop or slack up on. So, when I say accept and become one with, that means that it can I cannot be divided. Th- that knowledge cannot be divided for me. It is who I am. So, to take away the understanding that I will always have to submit to God for the rest of my life, I stop being who I am. Does that make sense? To y'all, like I, if you were in like a cartoon, you'd evaporate. But like in real life, you won't. You'll just be wrong. Um... The next thing to stay under authority, every day, every moment, I choose to submit to God. And I was telling you last week, if you do your affirmations or you have little things that you write down, write that down. Every day, every moment, I submit to God. Every action, every plan is always yielded to His will and His purpose, and I fully obey Him at all times. In my mind, my body, and my soul, this is what I live by. God orders my life. I follow his order with everything that is within me. I choose to make my mind, my body, and my soul line up with his order, even when it's inconvenient. Everything that I'm in, I am going full force in submission to God. So then we talked about submission to God. Let's go over to James chapter 4. We're going to read that. So James chapter four, we're going to read verses seven through ten. It says, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw near to you. Nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. So we were talking about submission to God. And we talked about the word submission. So the word submission is a military term, and it's used to describe the chain of command, which means to align oneself under authority. So God is the ultimate authority. So when we submit to God, we align ourselves under him. It means, submission. submit means to get in your proper rank. So, if God is the creator, he is all-knowing, all-powerful, we get in our proper rank. We are not all-knowing. We are not all-powerful. So, guess what? Our proper rank is always under him. We, we don't compare to him. So, we render obedience to him. We are subordinate to him. So we submit to God. So in that scripture, verse 7 says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. And then the next sentence says, resist the devil. So the word resist means to set oneself against, oppose, rebel, stand firm against. So we submit to God and we resist the devil. The opposite of resisting is submitting. So I'm submitting to God and I'm resisting the devil. So every part of me must be submitted to God. I must submit my thoughts, my emotions, my desires, and my actions to Him. So I'm going to submit to God. I'm going to render obedience to His commands and His laws. Then I'm going to maximize my relationship with God. I'm not going to try to get out of having that relationship. I'm going to strengthen that. So I'm going to seek Him. I tell you, seek the Lord. You know, draw near to Him and He'll draw near to you. So we're gonna, we're gonna go, what do I say Larry? I don't know if people say you're gonna lean in to that relationship with God, right? We're gonna go full force on that. And when we go full force, He's coming back with that same force to draw near to us. So we're gonna make every, make good every opportunity to spend time with and hear from God. And in that, when we do that, we're gonna make sure we're not double-minded. So we cannot be double-minded. We can't waffle. We can't wonder, do, do I really want to submit to God or do I want to resist? You know, what do I want to do? Today I want to do this. I can't have that. I've got to have my mind made up. I've got to settle the issue that God is the ultimate authority. So my loyalties can't be divided between God and this world system. My loyalties can't be divided between God and my flesh. My loyalties can't be divided between the Lord, God, and my emotions. It can't be like that. God is the ultimate authority. That's where my loyalty lies. Submission is also unconditional. So I can't say I'm going to submit when things go a certain way. Or I'm going to submit maybe when this person who's in delegated authority changes. Or I'm going to submit when I'm this age. That's not how it is. Submission is unconditional. You know, once again, God's the ultimate authority. So, he's not, his, him being the ultimate authority is not conditional, so your submission is not conditional. Sometimes in our life we wonder why things are, are going wrong. Why it's always issues and squabbles and disruptions and struggles. In, those, in, the, in your life, if you look at that, there, that means there's not some place you have not surrendered unconditionally. You have not allowed God to be the ultimate authority in every part of your life. And when you don't do that, there's always going to be battles. There's always going to be struggles. There's always going to be disruption. There's always going to be chaos. See, the thing about it is, remember, when, when authority comes in, order comes in. If you don't have, or, if you don't have order, look and see. That means there's, some la- there's lack of submission to authority. In your homes... Not gonna peek my hand, but we're gonna talk about submission and family life coming up. But in your homes, if there's a lack of order, that means there's a lack of submission somewhere. And you know, the thing about it is we all have to submit to God. So when you look at that, you know, maybe your finances, maybe it's chaos in your finances. Have you submitted to God in that area? See that, you know, we, we kind of think about, when we think about authority, a lot of times, What we think is, okay, God's the ultimate authority. I understand that. And he delegates authority. So let me get under delegated authority. And then we don't realize that God's like, yes, I'm the ultimate authority. And stay under uh, the delegated authority, but I'm the ultimate authority in every part of your life, even those parts that only you see. Like last week we were talking about your prayer life, about your study and your habits and your, your coming into service and the way you come into service and the things you're thinking about. Have you submitted your mind to the authority of God before you come in here? During your prayer time, is your prayer time just a routine? Is it like, okay, okay God, I'm doing this, but I'm really thinking about all i got to do at work or all i got to do, all these things. Have you really submitted in those areas? Or are you just, you're just giving God that time because you say it's going to work? And then you wonder why there's chaos in your life because you're not under authority. So if you see chaos, look for places that you need to submit. So submission to God is not a light thing. It is a serious thing. It is of utmost importance in our lives so we don't take it lightly. We don't come in with just this kind of flighty attitude like, well, you know, God, I'm so glad I submit to you. And then when you don't, you're like, oh, God, I didn't mean to. And you know, flighty about it. This is serious. We're going to look at this. We're going to talk about, about some, some, somebody who, you know, you see where you, your life could be when you're not under submission or under authority. Also, we need to be humble. To be humble means that you have an attitude of lowliness and obedience. Grounded in the understanding of my status and proper position before God as His creation. I am God's creation. He is not my creation. He created me. So, I, I realize where I would be without Him. Think about where you would be without God. In that, at any moment, every, the air we breathe is His. You know, when you think, if you ever like watch, if you're into biology or you watch those shows that talk about how your body functions, you're like, man, you know, you could step wrong and die. But God keeps us. We're his creation. So when I go to God and even in my life, I'm humble. I'm realizing, God, I'm nothing without you. I'm not coming to you with pride and arrogance and thinking that you, you have, I have something you need. Once again, God is not dependent on us. We're dependent on him. So, we have the proper understanding and stay in the proper position before God as His creation. So, when I choose to submit and obey God, it allows God to unlock His power in my life so that I can continue to submit completely. Then what I can do, I'm submitted to him completely. He's given me his power. And then I can resist the devil. I can act. Some, a temptation comes, I can resist that temptation because I'm submitted to God. And he's given me the power, the grace, and the understanding to get through that. So that's why we have to submit to God. And we looked at last week, we said the first act of submission is being born again. So we, we obey God. We hear his word. And we say, you know what? I I am a sinner. I do need a Savior. And and that Savior is Jesus Christ. So I repent and I follow Him. And here's the thing. What you have to realize, there's one way to salvation. And when you take that way, you submit it to God's will. Once you submit, you can obey. So submission leads to obedience. So that means, so before we looked over in Romans chapter 6 and we talked about at one time we yielded ourselves to disobedience and unrighteousness. But now we yield ourselves to God so we can yield ourselves to righteousness. So when I yield to God, I can fall in line behind Him and I can conform to His will and His purpose and I can go where He leads me. And God is never going to lead you outside of His will. With that said, submission is our lifestyle. That's why we get under authority and we stay under authority. True submission is freely yielding your ways and your wills to the will of God. It comes from the heart, and it's not just a partial obedience. It's not, like I said, everything. I'm obedient in everything. I am under-submitted. I am under the authority of God in every area of my life. Submission is not an outward appearance or a physical posture. And once again, it's one of those things where, you know, like, I think last week I said people are going to come in, they got their head down, they're talking real low, and you're like, oh, they're very submissive. No, that could be, they just have a rebellious heart. They could have a rebellious heart and just talk like that. That's, that's, that's the outside. But on the inside, they plan to do any and everything. And there's no such thing as a little bit rebellious. You know, we're going to talk about this later on, but you know, one thing outside the will of God, out from under authority, leads to another thing. And another thing. And another thing. So, we, we're not just a little, either you are or you're not. Either you're going towards God, either you're submitting to authority, or you're rebelling. Submission is saying, not my will, but thy will be done. That's what it is. It's saying, not my will, God, but thy will be done. It doesn't matter, and we went over to um, Romans chapter 10, we're not going to go here, go there tonight at this point. But we talked about these people, they had a zeal for God, but they denied His righteousness. They went about trying to do things their own way. They were passionately following after things, but it was not God's way. So it doesn't matter how passionate and how zealous you are about something, if you're not submitted to God, it's not worth anything. So staying under authority means that even though I may find new information, I may get new information. We all know. We learn new things. We find out new things. Things happen. And it's new to us. It's not new to God. Even when I get that information, I'm going to stay under authority. Even when my life changes, situations change, I'm staying under authority. Every time, my response is submission to God. So... As we go through our lives, as we walk, as we do these things, there are always going to be things that want to pull us away from the plan of God, from his authority. The enemy is trying to get you out from under authority. And it's a lot of reasons. He, he, first, he wants you to rebel so you cannot be protected by God. He, he, he wants you to do what he does. And we don't want to do that, but he's always, he's always tempting us. He's always throwing things at us. And when those things come, we submit to God because we're sold out to him and his authority. So let's get into, that was the review. So let's get into the new information. So this is kind of the final point of the teaching is the lifestyle needed to place yourself under authority and stay under authority. Or the do's and don'ts of placing yourself under authority. So this is the lifestyle you need to place yourself under authority and stay under authority. Or if you want to shorthand, do's and don'ts of placing yourself under authority and staying under authority. So go over to Genesis chapter 3. So we're going to look at this passage of Scripture in Genesis chapter 3. And we're just going to kind of flow out of it. We're going to look at some things. Um, Genesis chapter 3, we're going to look at verses 1 through 6. It says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman... Now first of all... Okay, the serpent. This This is the devil. So... If you don't know this, write this down. When the devil comes to you, he is not coming just to chill out and see how you do. Okay? He's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. It may just be phase one. But he's like, I'm coming to mess some stuff up. So here we go. And you know, hindsight 2020. We get, We have the opportunity to look back at this and see that. But understand this. The devil is still coming. He's coming. So, you know, when you hear that, you're like, whoa. And we're going to talk about this, and you're going to see some things. So, But when you see him, know that he's just not coming to say, hey, how you doing? I just wondering, you know, he had a nice shirt on the other day. How you been? You know, da, da, da. No, that's not what's happening. So, back to this. Verse 1, we'll start over. Now, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, yea... Hath God said, "Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden, And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the tree, excuse me of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know in the day ye eat thereof." Then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. So here we have the serpent comes in. He's talking to Eve about this tree. He said, "Are you not? Did God say you're not supposed to eat of that fruit?" Oh no! And you know, some. he didn't even say that. Oh, oh, did God say you could eat of everything here? And then you know what? We're, we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about what you should do in this. But Eve was like, yeah, "Oh yeah, well, just one of them, you know." Once again, we have to be vigilant. Be vigilant. Be on your guard. You're like, what? What you asking me that for? Why are you all in my business? But you know, the enemy is out to steal, kill, and destroy. So we're talking about the do's and don'ts. That's on the side, but but be vigilant. Understand, he's not coming in just to just he's just not asking you a question. He's subtle. It's always leading to something, and it's always leading to your demise. He's he's not out for good so what do you, what do we the first thing we're going to take from this what do we do here's the do's and don'ts do this is what you do settle the issue that you're not God and you never will be God this is the way I, I wrote it that way but in my mind I settle the issue that i'm not God and I will never be God there is nothing that I can do to make myself equal to God. He's the ultimate authority. And will always he always was and he always will be the ultimate authority. So here's the issue here. I can't eat eat a fruit. I can't give an offering. I can't do some some thing. Or I can't get people to follow me. And and, and that still doesn't make me God. I'm never going to be God. I'm never going to be the ultimate authority. God is who he is. And I'm who I am. I'm who he created me to be. See, there it is. He's the creator. I'm the creature. So there's only one God. So I'm going to submit, get in proper order, a proper rank under him. And I'm not, I'm always going to remember that he is God. And I'm not. So when something comes up, I hear a word or he gives me instruction that I don't necessarily want to do. Guess what? Guess what the final say is? He is God and I am not. So I submit to that. I submit to that. Even when somebody subtly suggests something, I submit to God's word. So I was looking at this and I was saying, you know, Eve was like, well, you know, God God knows a bunch. He's wise. I would like to be that. So we won't be God, but as believers, we should want to be Godly. So we will desire to be godly, but the thing about it is you're never going to be godly using ungodly methods. You're never going to get closer to God by being disobedient. So Eve wanted something, and when she was propositioned and said, hey, this thing will give you that, even though God told you it won't, what she should have done, if if she had misunderstanding or she was like, well, let me ask, Let me figure it out. She should have went to God. That's that's the thing about it, is a lot of times it looks good. And it's that. She looked at the tree and it looked good. It looked good. It's like, well, that's a good idea. Well, why not? I can be wise and then, you know, God don't have to worry about all this stuff he's talking about, taking care of the animals. If I'm like God, I can help him. But see, now you're laughing at that, but think about how many times in your life, there's something going on, and God says, do this. And you're like, God, I'm doing it. And then he says, do this. Don't stop doing that. And then you say, but God, I can help you with this. I can make this happen this way. But God, I can do that. And God's like, no, don't do that. You're, you, you can't get godly results from doing ungodly things. So as we're believers, we should all be striving to be more like God, to have his character and grow in his nature. But remember, you're not going to get to God outside of His will. So when we want to grow in the things of God, we don't, do things, we don't do things that aren't of Him. We ask Him. We ask Him for wisdom and understanding. And guess what? He'll give it to us. We don't have to try to do extra stuff. You know, a lot of times, pay attention. You don't have to do extra stuff. Follow the Scriptures. Follow the Scriptures. So, first one. Do settle the issue That I am not God, and I never will be. The next thing is do this. Make your life conducive to staying under authority. Foster an atmosphere that makes it easier to submit and more difficult to rebel. So, we want to make sure, we want to make our lives conducive to staying under authority foster an atmosphere that makes it easier to submit and more difficult to rebel. So I was thinking about this and like this, this cup I have, it has ice in it. Now when the ice is in the freezer, it is solid because it's cold there. It's an atmosphere that keeps it that. It's foster, That atmosphere fosters that. When they put it in this water, no matter how cold that water is, and they bring it out here and we, it's not 32 degrees out here. So what happens is the atmosphere changes. So guess what? That ice is no longer conducive for it to be a solid, so it starts to melt. That's what we have to do in our lives. We have to make sure that our lives are conducive to staying under authority. Now, what do we do? Here, here's some tips with that. If you want to put bullets or A's and B's, you can do that as well with this. Stay away from things that lead to rebellion. What, what does that mean? Stay away from things that lead to rebellion. Remember, the enemy is subtle. So most of the time, it's just not going to be like, boom, boom. It's going to be more like tip, tip, drop, drop, little by little. So what we have to do is we have to stay away from those things. We got to watch conversations and attitudes that are stepping stones to rebellion. So what does that mean? What, What do you mean stepping stones to rebellion? Something happens you don't like that you disagree with. Maybe you don't understand. So instead of you... Voicing that disagreement or um, having a bad attitude, becoming disagreeable. What what do you do with that? You take that to God. You don't take it to anybody else. When you hear people grumbling and mumbling and complaining, get away from that. Listen, complaining and mumbling and grumbling, all that leads to rebellion. Because let me tell you what happens. It's like, okay, um, let me think of it. Okay. So let's say we're, these seats we have here. You're sitting in the seats. And let's say the seats are uncomfortable, even though they're not. Let's say they are. And, you know, everybody, everybody's sitting in them. And you got one person who's like, oh, I hate these seats. So uncomfortable. And they're, oh, I don't like this. And they're turning around. They're moving around. And the next time they're coming, oh, I don't like this seat. Oh. And then you sit next to them and you're like, yeah, this seat is a little uncomfortable. I don't really like it either. And then you say it. And the person next to you. And all of a sudden, everybody's thinking the seats are uncomfortable. We got people coming in throwing chairs and stuff because they don't like the seats. So it's just like, and that, that's a little thing. I just gave you a little example. That's a little thing. Stay away from those things. Something may be uncomfortable, but you don't have to voice it. Everything that you think you don't have to say. Especially, you know, I think about it in the local ministry. Things don't We don't like the songs. We don't like the time service stars. We don't like this. We don't like that. And you know what? It's fine that you don't like it. But submit to it, because you are not you're not the ultimate authority, and you're not the delegated authority, and you know what whatever issues you have, talk to God about them, because he's the ultimate authority so that that's it submission that's we, we don't look at it that way, just submit don't you don't have to have all that lift now you know when you were young, that's what your parents told you, your parents told you to do something, and you didn't like it. But in my house, in my parents growing up, I didn't, I, in my mind, I may have been saying some stuff, but my, I had a smile on my face and I was moving fast. Cause I didn't want to get what was coming. So let's think about God like that. But you know what God will do? You can talk to God. You can say, God, I don't understand this. And I, you know, what is this about? I just want to understand. I want to come in line with your authority. I want my heart to be right. See, that's how good God is. See, I don't know if y'all talk to God like that. That's how I talk to God. I'm like, God, I don't necessarily understand this. I, I trust you, so help me to understand this. Or help me to get over my misunderstanding so I can move on. So we don't put ourselves in position to be around rebellion. When you see it, get away from it. So that goes to the next one. Don't hang around people who think they know better than God. So let's hear Verse 4. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. Well, God told you you would. Now, somebody comes to you, and here's the word of God. You've been going on. Let's go with this. We'll go with tithing. You've been going on since you were born. You've been in this ministry. You've been tithing. You've learned these things. And then you go to somebody else, and they say, well, tithing is not of today. And all of a sudden, you're like, well, what? Tithing is not of today? Why would you believe that? What does the Bible say? What, you don't know that person? And they just tell you something and you pick it up. So you don't hang around people who twist God's word. So you don't know what's true and what's not. Go with God. And the thing about it is, yeah, I'm just going to say it. So you've been in this ministry all these years. You've been hearing the truth. Your life has been changing. You've been applying the word. You've seen your life change. You've been telling other people how to apply the word. You've seen their lives change by what they've been doing. And then all of a sudden somebody comes up to you twisting the word and you grab a hold of it. You grab a hold of it because it's something that, that tickles your flesh or something you want to do. So you grab a hold of that, and then all of a sudden you're pulled away. You're pulled out. You get out from under authority. Because let me tell you, you cannot be pulled from out from under authority. Because if you're submitted, you get under authority and you decide to stay there, you will stay there. God will... I said, He's spoken once and twice. If the work, If the creation is still going, so can you. So, don't make allowances for those people who won't accept truth. This kind of goes back to the way we think about things. We So, a lot of times we have people in our lives that we love that are in sin. That's all it is to it. They're in sin, open rebellion, and you love them. And you know they're wrong. And people who see them know they're wrong. And then you come in and you, but you know, but this, listen. Some, somebody else's sin is their sin. Don't try, to, um, um, don't try to explain it away. That's their life. But see, when you do that, what happens is you start rationalizing, trying to make an excuse for that person. You, you're doing right, but now you're talking about things you shouldn't talk about. Somebody bring it up to you and say, that's their life. I believe God. I'm following God. So we don't, we don't hang around those things. Don't give people influence over your life who say things that aren't of God. You know, those people, listen, when I say don't give them influence, that means that they can't change your mind. How are you going to be around somebody who go to church, what, Christmas, Mother's Day, and Easter? That's when they go to church and then they sleep? And they tell you something, you're like, well, that sounds good. No, it doesn't. So we don't hang around those things. Don't give room or space in your life for those who don't know what God has commanded. Don't give place to that. So when people twist the word, they're asking you, oh, you're not surely going to die. That's fine to do. I know what they did back in old times. But let me tell you, nowadays, God is fine with that because God knows who we are. He created us like that. See, that's the way it goes now. You do you. You do you because God knows your heart. Yes, he does. And that's why he's sending these teachings to get your heart right. So, another thing you want to do to make your life conducive to staying under authority is focus on what God has told you to do. So, instead of looking at what you can't do, focus on what you can do and what you're supposed to do. We always hear, you can do everything but sin. And see, here Eve was, she was in the garden, all these other trees, and all of a sudden, she focused on the one thing that God had told her not to do. So now all of a sudden, where it was just like, oh, there's that tree. I'm not going to touch it because God told me not to. Oh, there's that tree. Oh, there's that tree. You know, now I'm looking at that instead of focusing on what God has said. This is it. Submit to God. Resist the devil. So I'm not, those things that God has said are out of bounds or out of, out of, out of the boundaries. I'm not even, I'm not going to put any effort towards those things. I'm going to go towards what God has told me to do. When those things come to my mind, I'm going to tear them down with the word of God. So that leads to the third thing that we, so the first two were do's. Now here's a don't. Don't entertain disobedience. So what I mean by entertain, don't give it, don't give it time in your life. Don't linger around temptation or allow yourself to meditate on disobeying. So when the opportunity comes to obey disobey, run from it. Get away from it. Don't think on it. Challenge every opportunity to disobey with the word of God. So here, here's what Eve did. Let's look over here at verse 6 again. It says, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, so she saw it. She looked at it. She she saw it and she made a judgment. So that means she just didn't glance. She saw it. She made a judgment. And then it was pleasant to the eye. So she's like, oh, yeah, that looks good. And it was a tree to be desired. So she hung around. She spent time with that which she shouldn't have been spending time with. So look at this. And and all this happens before she disobeys. Before she rebels. She still has time to make a different choice. But she's already going down that road. Remember I tell you it's a step by step by step by step. That's what's going on here. So she's entertaining this disobedience. We don't do that. God tells us not to do it. I'm not going to entertain it. I'm not going to think about, as a single woman, I'm not entertaining sexual thoughts about a man. Because guess, guess what? That's disobedience for me. I am staying away from that. So I'm not going to entertain that. When it comes up, I'm, I'm putting in the Word of God. I was like, that's not who God created me to be. That's what you do. You do not dis- entertain disobedience. And then the fourth thing we don't do, is we don't take counsel from people who've been deceived. Let's look at this. So we read verse six again. So and the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. So here Adam is, and he's there. He he hadn't eaten it yet. He's like Sitting there, and she gives it to him, and he takes it and eats it. Well, okay, Adam. Why would you listen to Eve at this point? You know what God has commanded. You see in her. You see her being disobedient. Why would you go and do the same thing? So how do you know? How do you know if somebody's been deceived? Well, you—they did what what uh, Eve did. They rebel. They're disobedient. They're in sin. Don't hang around with disobedient and rebellious people. And I know when, when I say rebellious and disobedient, you think of people out partying, doing all these things. No. Anybody that's not submitted to the word of God, that's not submitted to God, guess what? They're rebellious. They're, the opposite of submit is resist. There's no like neutral, you know. So we don't hang don't take counsel from those people the thing about it, when I, I know people all say, don't, you say don't hang around, you think and be rude and be mean. No, it just means that that's not where you're going to invest your time. You're, you're creating an atmosphere to stay, get under authority and stay under authority. Remember, earlier I said, you take this seriously. We take submission to God seriously. When you take something seriously, when it's important to you, you do what's needed to do to get it done. You don't take it lightly. You don't sit there and be like, well, you know, I know, I know how they are, but that's just them. They're not influencing me. That you are being influenced. So we don't take counsel from those who've been deceived. They can say whatever they want to say, but you're not taking their counsel. You You can hear all the words they say, but when you know who they are, when they're showing you, oh, they've been deceived, they've been hanging around the wrong people, I see their lifestyle. I see the choices that they're making. That's not submission. That's not the fruit of submission. Then guess what? I'm not taking their counsel. So let's go ahead. So th- those are some do's and don'ts. We've got some more. Let's go over to Matthew chapter 4. So Eve, Adam and Eve showed us what not to do, right? How not to stay, un- to get un- to stay under authority, right? But now we're going to see how to stay under authority. So we're going to look at Matthew chapter 4. And we're going to read verses 4 through 11. Let me get to the right place here. Matthew chapter 4, 1 through 11. Excuse me. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights... He was afterwards in hunger. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them. And said unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then said Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. So here we have Jesus. He's been in the wilderness. He's fasted for forty days and forty nights. And then the enemy comes in. The tempter comes in. In this, we see that Jesus resisted temptation. He stayed under authority. And you're saying, well, that's Jesus. But at this time, he's on earth as a man. So he's going through what we go through. You know what? We have a high priest that, that knows what we go through. He, he's been tempted like we've been tempted. So we, we can do this too. He chose Submission. Submission is always a choice. He stayed under authority by obeying. In this, you know what, when you look at these answers, he was just like, this is it. This is it. He wasn't chit-chatting. He wasn't trying to explain anything to the enemy. He said, this is it. He didn't try to reason. And, you know, the enemy's like, well, you're the son of God. Do this. He wasn't trying to prove who he was. He knew. He knew it. He didn't have to do all these things to say, "Well, yes, I am." So let me show you. He wasn't. He wasn't any, making any reputation of himself. That, that's the humility. That's the humility. No pride. No arrogance. So he wasn't thinking about what he could gain in this situation. He wasn't thinking about because he was hungry at this time, fasting forty days and forty nights. He wasn't thinking about what his body said he needed physically, because you know what? He knew he had everything he needed. Because God sustains him, just like God sustains us. Because listen, God is faithful to fulfill what he started in each and every one of us. Now, there may be circumstances and situations that you come across and it doesn't look like you're going to make it. It looks like, well, i got to do something. God, do you not see this? And God is saying, I see it, but stay the course. So, all I have to do is stay with God. Because we're going to all have temptations. That's something all of us are going to have. But listen, a temptation is an opportunity to display your submission or your rebellion. So when that temptation comes, and it will come, which one are you going to choose? Because the choice is yours. Are you going to submit or are you going to rebel? So Jesus had a choice. Adam and Eve had a choice. So when the temptation comes, you can choose to submit or you can choose to rebel. So here's another do. So we were looking at this in uh, like verses 1 through 4. So we see that Jesus has fasted for 40 days. His fast is over. The tempter comes to him. And he says, you need something to eat, right? You're you, 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 you the son of God, won't you? You need something to eat. Tell me. You, your fast is over, right? The fast is over you can eat. He said, well, turn those stones into bread. And, you know, here's the thing. Right? I need something to eat. I'm out here in the wilderness. I have the ability to turn these stones into bread. What's stopping me? That wasn't God's plan. That's what not, that, that wasn't what he was supposed to do right then. So God, Jesus says, it's written that man shall not live by bread alone. I'm going to be sustained. God is going to sustain me. So what do I do? I trust God's love for me. That's what I do. I trust God's love for me. A lot of times when we don't think that God has our best interest at heart, when he, we think that somehow he doesn't love us, we will get out from under authority to save ourselves. And that's not what we do. If there's something that I need, God will provide. You know, God knows what we need before we know. He's already provided it all before we were born, before any of us would thought it was already here. So he knows what we need. So I have to trust him. I have to submit to him. I have to trust him even when I don't understand. I just have to trust him. Let's go over to, um, no, write this, yeah, I'm going to go, you write it down. Romans chapter 8, um, I'm just going to read verses 31 and 32. It says, What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? If God has done all this for us, why do you think he'd leave you? If he's done all this, if once again, if God had it out for you, he didn't have to save you. He didn't have to send Jesus. God's not leading me into a situation where I can lose, where I can be harmed or be insufficient. It may seem that way. But I still have to trust God and submit to Him. Remember, we don't know what's going on. We're finite. God knows. I can't take matters into my own hands and try to change the situation based on what I think it needs to be done. I can't be my own authority. See, when you think about it that way, you never really realize what you're doing is you're now being your own authority. You're making the rules. You're setting your, the boundaries. What I do in these times... And all the time, I align myself under God, and I stay within the boundaries that he set. Now, some of the boundaries that he set, one of the things is delegated authority. So guess what? I have to trust and submit to delegated authority. If God is the ultimate authority, then I trust and submit those he chooses to place in delegated authority. That includes your pastor, your husband, your parents, who's ever in delegated authority. It's not my choice, it's God's choice, and he's the ultimate authority. So understand this, and remember, when you get out from under authority, it damages your fellowship with God and it hurts you, not God. I can't act independently of God. So I may have the power to do a thing, I may have the ability, but that doesn't mean I have the right. I submit myself to God He tells me and leads me and guides me into what I need to do. Now, the next thing that we need to do is, if um, we were look at verse 5 and 6, I won't read that again, is we realize that I'm God's servant, he's not mine. Now, you know, oh my goodness, my time is running, but we could really talk about that now. So many times people want to boss God, right? God do this. God do that. But you you don't say that. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you go and you're trying to do something that's all out of craziness. Not according to the word of God. So the thing about it is, I can't be self-centered. I have to be God-centered. What God is doing does not revolve around me. And he, it revolves around him and his word. And his word, he and his word do not adapt to me. I adapt to him. See, a lot of times that's what we want to do. We want to make God our servant. And God's not our servant. We're his servant. We want to say, well, God will do this for me. And you know, oh, I want this guy to make this happen. And I know God because he's all-powerful. But he's not all-powerful to get you to obey. He's just all-powerful to get you the stuff you want. It doesn't work like that. Now, the next thing is do worship God only. That seems like an easy thing, right? We do worship God only. But we're going to talk about this. I can never worship the creature. I can never bow down to anything or anyone other than God. That includes my flesh, my feelings, my culture, my religious traditions, my uh, national traditions, my political affiliations I don't none of that's God I worship God alone so my job my um hmm okay how let's I'm just going to say my social life my romantic life I break up with my boyfriend and even though I'm in a good church I want to move because he goes to that church or whatever Guess what? I'm worshiping the creator, the creature instead of the creator. See, we don't think about it like that. It may, you, you have to think about it. If God has set you somewhere, stay there. If God says a thing, you continue to do that thing. No matter how good it looks or how beneficial it seems, if it takes your focus off God and it wants to be the center of your world, it's rebellion. It may not start that way in the beginning, but it's going to come that way. It's going to, it's going to bring itself to that, to that way. You just give it time. So, so what do you do? That's why you have to draw near to God. That's why you have to have fellowship with Him. So when those things come up, you can go to Him and you can ask Him and He can give you direction. So I was thinking about this and I said, well, you know, a real world example. If we look in local churches. There's a godly standard that we shouldn't compromise. There are things that we can do, and, and you know, but we, everything we do should be reverencing God. We should never allow sin. You know, anyone can come to the church, but everyone is not going to be a, in a position of leadership. There are some things that God has said to do, forsake not the assembling of yourself. Now, when we're in the pandemic, that's a different thing. But other times, we're supposed to assemble. But what has happened is, in a lot of local churches, we see things that could maybe make us more popular, reach a wider audience. So we'll say like, well, yeah, you don't have to come to service because we'll live stream. You don't, yeah, we're going to make it easy for you to just stay at home and you can get the word. But what does God see it? And so you say, well, that's just a small thing. But remember, it's slowly and gently. It's, it's going to rock you to sleep. We cannot get away from what God says. We try to do things once again to get a bigger uh, audience or a wider appeal, and we're taking ungodly methods or worldly methods and trying to get godly results. Let me tell you, God is. If you follow God, He's going to reach who He needs to reach when He needs to reach. So we can't take what's not godly and try to make make it godly. So um, we're going to finish up one last thing do, so that was do worship God only. Never worship the creature. Always worship the creator. So never put the create, the creature over the creator. The last thing I have here, number eight, is do constantly submit to authority. And uh, if you want to, turn over to First Kings chapter 13. Um, you know, you look at it and once again, we choose to submit every day, every moment. We choose to submit. That has to be constant. I can't get out from under authority. That's not what I can do because it is dangerous. So um, uh, let's see. I'm going to read some. I have, we're going to just kind of jump around. I'm going to start at verse 6. I'm going to read and then we'll, we'll jump around and we'll talk about this. It said, And the king answered and said unto the man of God, Entreat now the face of the Lord thy God and pray for me that my hand be restored. So the king had done some stuff he wasn't supposed to His hand got messed up. So now he's going to the man of God. He's saying, Entreat, thy, uh, entreat now the face of the Lord thy God and pray for me that my hand may be restored. Me again. And the man of God besought the Lord and the king's hand was restored him again. And it became as it was before. So, Okay, this is a good thing. He did, he, he, the king's hands restored. And so the king says. And the king said unto the man of God, Listen what this what this man is no, referred to. The man of God, come home with me and refresh thyself, and I will give thee a reward. And the man of God said unto the king, If thou will give me half thine house, I will not go with thee. Neither will I eat bread nor drink water in this place. For so was it charged me by the word of the Lord, saying, Eat no bread, drink no water, water, nor turn again by the same way that thou camest. So he went another way and returned uh, not by the way that he came to Bethel. So here's this man of God. And he goes in and he's talking to the king and some things happen. And the king's hand gets messed up. He prays for uh, the king's hand and it's restored. So the king is happy. And he said, well, come over here and just have a meal with me. Just just take a rest and eat some food. And the man of God said, oh, no, sir. Uh Uh-uh. Oh, you're the king. You can give me half of what you have. I wouldn't do that because God told me not to. So, right now, under authority. All right. Here we go. So then... People hear about what happened. These guys go tell their dad, who's also a prophet, oh, this is what this man did, and this is what happened. And the, the man, the father who's the prophet, says, well, where is he? And they said, well, he went over here. And that's the way he went. So now this guy goes out. And we're going to pick it up at 14. Um, so he goes out, and he said, And he went after the man of God, and found him sitting under an oak. And he said unto him, Art thou the man of God that cameth from Judah? And he said, I am. Then he said unto him, Come home with me and eat bread. Okay. And he said, Oh, I may not return with thee, nor go in with thee, neither will I eat bread nor drink water with thee in this place. For it was said to me by the word of God, Thou shalt eat no bread nor drink water there, nor turn again to go by the way that thou camest. Still under authority. So here we go in verse 18. So here's, here's the other prophet whose son came and talked to him. He said, he said unto him, Oh, oh wait, I'm a prophet also as thou art. And an angel spake unto me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with thee into thine house, that he may eat bread and drink water. But this prophet lied. So, the prophet that helped the king, that have Jeroboam, goes back with the prophet that lied, and ate bread, and drank water. So then, they're doing this, they're just hanging out. And in verse 26, 21, it says, And he cried unto the man of God that came from Judah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, For as much as thou hast disobeyed the mouth of the Lord, and hast not kept the commandment, which... The Lord thy God commanded thee, but cameth back, and has eaten bread, and drunk water in this place, of the which the Lord did say to thee, Eat no bread, and drink no water. Thy carcass shall not come into the sepulcher of thy fathers. And it came to pass, after he had eaten bread, and after he had had drunk, that he saddled for him the ass to wit for the prophet whom he had brought back. And when he was gone, a lion met him by the way and slew him, and his carcass was cast in the way. And the ass stood by it, and the lion stood by the carcass. So I constantly submit to God through authority. It's not something that I can do. See, he was going good, right? He was going good. He had done great things for God. Now all of a sudden, wrong decision. He gets out from under authority. Submission is full time and it's all the time. So I have to submit All the time, even when the temptation or the opportunity comes from places that you don't think it would. God is never going to send you a word or a teaching that contradicts His word. God is never going to send you a word or a teaching that contradicts His word. So you don't allow your desires or your habits to confuse you. So in this case... When the man of God with the sons that came in lied, when he told the man of God that helped the king, oh God said come back, what he should have done was he should have sought God. He should have said, Wait a minute. I don't know about that. The thing about it is we're finite. So there'll be times when you need more information or you need clarity or you just don't understand. So we ask God for that. And until you get that understanding, you wait on God. Don't move from out from under authority. So what does it mean to wait on God? It means continue obeying the instructions that God gave you until you get clarification or additional instructions. You ask for discernment. You talk to God about it. Don't do like Eve and go do something ungodly because you're trying to get revelation. You ask God for discernment and revelation. He will give it to you. That's why we draw close to God. We submit to God. We resist the devil. So remember that submission is 100%. It's all the time. It's unconditional. Every day, every moment, every second, I choose to submit to God. Amen? I am out of time. God is faithful. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.